Grab your prayer book, if you would, and please turn to our psalm for today, Psalm 103. Psalm 103, the psalm that we chanted this morning. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, praise his holy name. The psalmist, this, this is, we have a handful of psalms like this, where the psalmist, psalmist is addressing his own soul. Praise the Lord, soul. Get together. Let's do this. Praise his holy name. He, uh, he ends the psalm with the same phrase, Praise thou the Lord, O my soul. Now the middle section of the psalm tells us the why of the command. It is a reminder to us to praise God, yes, but it is a reminder to us of the why that we should be always praising God. Father Neil notes, throughout the whole psalm, the prophet is speaking. In the first part, he enjoins his soul to bless the Lord and to remember his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. In the second place, he tells us what things he did for Moses and his other faithful ones, that he may be understood to have been ever bountiful bountiful from all ages. He showed his ways unto Moses. Thirdly, he directs his words to the angels and the heavenly powers and summons the other rational creatures to busy themselves constantly in the praise of the Lord. Bless the Lord, all ye angels of his. It draws to one's mind, well, at least to my mind, uh, the canticle and morning prayer that we so rarely do because it's so long and I have to get these kids to school on a weekday. Um, This canticle is usually used traditionally during Lent. It's the Benedicite Omni Opera Domini Domino. Uh, usually called the Song of the Three Children. One scholar explains that in the third chapter of Daniel, it is told how the three children of Shadrach, the three children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refusing to fall down before the image of the king, were punished by being thrown into the furnace, but were, if you remember, miraculously saved. So they were thrown into the furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar is going, well, they're standing there. I can see them. They're not burning up. You know, what's going on? In the Septuagint Greek text of Daniel, an insertion is made after verse 323, in which it is told that Abednego, when when in the furnace, prayed to God to be saved. And when his prayer was heard, that the three sang a song of praise, the text of the prayer, as as, uh, as well as of the song being given. Turn to page 11 in your prayer books. And let's look at this canticle or this song of praise briefly. So this is where it comes from. uh, That when they were thrown into the furnace, they weren't burned. They said, well, let's praise God. Let's sing. I I don't know if they could be heard above the sound of the furnace. But let's look at the top there, right at the beginning. Oh, all ye works of the Lord, bless ye the Lord. Praise him and magnify him forever. O all ye angels of the Lord, bless the Lord. Praise and magnify him forever. O ye heavens, bless the Lord. O ye waters that be above the firmament, bless the Lord. O all ye powers of the Lord, bless the Lord. O ye sun and moons, bless the Lord. O ye stars of heaven, bless ye the Lord. Who and what 
is not supposed to bless the Lord in the words of this canticle. All, literally, of creation is called upon in this song of praise to bless the Lord. At the top of page 13, the first phrase of that stanza, if you will, if that's what you want to call it, summarizes it well. Oh, let the earth bless the Lord. Yea, let it praise him and magnify him forever. Mountains and hills, growing things, waters of every sort, even the whales get a mention, along with land animals. Look down to the next stanza. O let Israel bless the Lord, praise him and magnify him forever. O ye priests of the Lord, bless ye the Lord, praise him and magnify him forever. O ye servants of the Lord, bless ye the Lord, praise and magnify him forever. O ye spirits and souls of the righteous, bless ye the Lord, praise him and magnify him forever. Whoa, spirits and souls of the righteous, did you catch that? I think we just saw an instance of invocation of saints here. Hate to tell you, that's, that's calling on the saints to praise God. And we see the same in the hymnal from time to time. Kind of a direct address to the saints to praise God or to pray for us. I'm not trying to make a big deal of this section of the prayer book. I'm trying to point out how normal it is in the history of the church to understand that the whole of creation includes all those souls and spirits that have gone on before us, the souls of the righteous worshiping around the throne of God with us today. In fact, of course, they're doing it every day in a way in which we cannot, for we have to go to work and we have to live an earthly life. We have to be busy about making dinner for the children, hopefully for the husband too. Nonetheless, all of our work, our vocation, our recreation, our time with other people in all sorts of circumstances is to be a working out of the praise and the worship that we offer God here today with the words of our canticles and the words of our song today. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and, the, all, that, and all that is within me praise his holy name. Father Neil notes that we may take it as the thanksgiving of the pardoned sinner. Praise the Lord. We've received absolution. We've received, received God's forgiveness. And our hearts should be crying out, praise the Lord. It is, uh, back to my quote, the, the thanksgiving of the pardoned sinner who has made his acknowledgement of guilt and received absolution, breaking out thereupon into a song of thanksgiving, like Moses after the overthrow of the Egyptians. Praise the Lord on my soul. There is no special occasion of thanksgiving mentioned in the psalm. No particular time for it prescribed here. It's just a thanksgiving, a praise to God. Whence, says Neil, we may gather that every event of our life gives us sufficient reason. Every moment of it is a fitting opportunity to praise the Lord. He continues, all that is within me, my secret plans, my thoughts, desires, inclinations, whatever goes on within and appears not externally, for it is not enough to praise with the voice alone, unless all that is within praise too, unless desires, 
thoughts, and reason combine in one act of earnest thanksgiving to the holy name of God as he is in heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, to the holy name Jesus by which he is revealed to us on earth. So, obviously, to sit, to just sit and mumble through the words of the liturgy in church is not enough. Not only that, but the direction of that first line and all that is within me gets right at the heart of things, to be punny. Gets right to the heart. Our heart is our heart and our mind set on the highest pinnacle, set on Jesus seeking his glory right here, right now, this morning as we praise God's name. As our lips form the words of the hymns and the canticles and the psalms, is our heart there? And that's not, I hate to say it, of course, not just here at church, but that's every moment of every day. That's the goal. That's what we're called to. No, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We find ourselves distracted all the time. But the goal, the, 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 the issue of life that we are to be always working forward as we're working forward towards our vocational goals, towards our educational goals, towards our social goals. I want more friends or I want to be invited to the right cocktail party, etc. But if we do not have as our ultimate goal union with Christ, glory to God and the name of Christ in our hearts and minds at all times, then we're missing the boat with every other goal we have. In that way, with that thought in mind, do we live out our lives as we worship here today? In that way, do we glorify God and make our entire lives a sacrifice of worship and praise to Almighty God? May I suggest as we enter Lent this week that that is a worthy goal to move towards. And that perhaps one idea, one way of Marking this would be to maybe keep a journal of your days. At the end of the day, you write for five to ten minutes in your journal, and you write down what the tenor of the day has been in the interior of your life. That is, how has your heart and mind been that day in terms of praising and honoring God from the inside, from the heart? Keep track of things that you don't normally keep track of, in other words. That's a way to really think through things. Keep a record of your heart and mind and analyze and contemplate your interior faithfulness. And then I'm sure if we all did this, we would, we would have to come to confession with perhaps some new things to confess. Some things that we don't normally think about confessing. And that will allow us to work heartily this Lent on purging the sins that, of course, always begin in our hearts. And even if they don't make it to outward sin against neighbor, they are nonetheless sins against God in our hearts. Come to the table, my friends, to find the grace and strength needed in the task of a holy Lent. Amen.